It's nice to be here this morning and um, to be warm and to have warm socks that are dry because um, we've just been camping over the last few days and we couldn't have chosen a wetter and colder time um, but had a good time nonetheless. All right, Uh, we're in a teaching series uh, at the moment called Common Ground Um, and what we're doing is we're asking, hey, what what exactly does it mean for us to be the church? Because, you know, we get used to church and sometimes I think we forget what it really is all about. So we're asking ourselves, what's the common ground that we stand on together as the church? And I'm excited to bring this message to you this morning um, because this morning I want to talk about something that is an absolutely essential ingredient for a thriving church, but often it gets treated as an optional extra or it just doesn't get talked about at all. And so what I'm talking to you about today is prophecy, okay? Prophecy. Prophecy is a huge topic, and so, of course, this morning, I'm just scratching the surface of this, and I reckon it would be a good idea, perhaps down the track, to do a series about this and to look into it in more depth. But when we think of that word, prophecy, um, many of us might think back to Old Testament stories that we've read about how God often spoke to his people through prophets. Um, So a prophet was a person whom God spoke his words to at a specific time so that they could go and speak on behalf of God to the people. So the prophet's job was to speak God's message to the people. But there's a really big difference between the prophets of the Old Testament and the prophetic church of the New Testament. Okay, um, let's turn to our Bible reading for some clues, the Bible reading that we just heard, so hopefully that's in your mind. Think about what got, um, what got the Christian church started. You know, sometimes we, we imagine that maybe someone just started building a building and then it's like, oh, that's the first church. But, you know, the, the church started and it wasn't an act of humankind. It was an act of God. It actually started when the Holy Spirit became a living presence in and among the followers of Jesus. Okay, It was at the Jewish celebration of Pentecost, which was 50 days following the Passover, where Jesus was killed and then God raised him to new life. And as we heard in the reading, a strange wind blew and the disciples began speaking in such a way that no matter what language Um, a person spoke, they could all hear and understand what what was being said. Um, People were blown away by it and they wondered what it all meant. And when Peter got up to talk to the crowd on that day and he gave a a, a sermon, um, he explained it by turning to an Old Testament promise from God, which was written in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29, which says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I'll pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. So Peter was saying, this is what's happening in your very presence. This promise from God is is occurring right now. And that is what we celebrate as the beginning of church. It was the time where God's presence filled the people who were following Jesus. So the church from its very beginnings on that day of Pentecost 
was to be a prophetic community, a community where God's presence dwells and shines outwards. Uh, In Acts chapter 1, Jesus says this just before he ascends to heaven. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, which means, you know, my people who, who share my story, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So prophecy speaks in some way to our shared experience of God's presence with us, okay? Um, that's, that's what we're, we're kind of talking about this morning. Because we don't just know about God in the context of things far away and long ago. You know, we're not a people who gather just to talk about stuff that happened 2,000 years ago or 3,000 or 4,000 years ago and, and, that, and they're just the stories we know and that's all we know about God. Um, but we actually recognise that God is involved with our lives in an intimate way right now, okay? So that, that's, that's what it means to be the church. When the Holy Spirit was poured out on Jesus' followers, we became a community where God's Spirit moves through us to enliven us, to encourage us, to enrich our lives and to reshape um, the, those, the, the areas in our life that need changing. So in the New Testament, there, it was understood that God isn't hidden in a temple anymore, but his people are his temple. So we're called the temple of the, of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that a wonderful kind of picture for us to, to take on board and to own? So everyone should earnestly seek to prophesy, but not everyone is a prophet. Okay, that, that's Paul's teaching. Um, he, Paul, in, in the, when he's, when he's uh, writing his letters to the, um, to the Corinthians especially, he says, because um, remember, remember Joel's, Joel's um, promise that we read just before, saying that all men and women, young and old, um, they, we can all bring forth words from God, okay? Um, then 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says this. It says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. So, and then, and in verse 39 of that same chapter, he says, So, my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. Two chapters before that, he says this He says, Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have powers to do miracles? Of course not. So, there's this kind of idea that um, we should all eagerly desire prophecy, but we shouldn't all walk around going, I'm a prophet, guys. I'm a prophet. Okay? I, I think of it like this, like who here is a professional singer? No one? Uh, by the way, I'm not really a professional. I shouldn't put my hand up either. But um, who here can sing? Come on, put your hands up. Everyone can sing pretty much. Um, so a person um, will call him, him or herself a singer and what they're saying is, Singing is my vocation. It's like my office. It's, it's my, I'm a specialist in that area. But all of us can sing, right? And so um, most of us actually find joy in singing. 
even if we keep it to ourselves, only singing in the shower. Um, It would be kind of tragic if we left all the singing to the professionals. Um, We want to all sing and together it makes a beautiful sound. Um, In the same way, there are prophets, people with special giftings in prophecy, but we don't leave prophecy up to them only. Um, Paul says all are to press into prophecy. And today I'm not really wanting to talk about prophetic gifts and and that sort of special office of of being a prophet. What I want to do is really just introduce us to what I'm calling simple prophecy, okay? So just what's the heart of it? Um, that and, and what is it that it, that we can do? Because if you're feeling like, oh, well, Matt's calling us to be to do some prophesying, what does that even mean? Um, so that's that's my aim today is not to talk about all those other big details, but to just say, hey, at, at the heart, what what's prophecy about? Um, simple prophecy. Prophecy at its heart is simply encouraging. There's a bit of a word that we don't usually use apart from in Christian world: exhorting. Do you know what exhorting means? It actually means um, like a call to action. So if someone says, oh, I reckon, you know, go, come on, just do it, that sort of thing, that's exhorting. So prophecy at its heart is simply encouraging, exhorting and comforting people by tuning them in to what God has for them, okay? That's, that's where we can start with, with prophecy. So when you bless someone, so you do, you may, it may be a, something you do for them, maybe something you say, when you do that in accordance with the Father's intent and purpose, then that blessing is prophetic because you've just given somebody something that, that's in line with what God wants to give them, right? Essentially, prophecy is how God encourages and exhorts and comforts through his people. Um, prophecy restores confidence and trust and, and faith to us all as, we, as God works in amongst us. It's such a beautiful picture to me and it's something that I think it's sad if we don't actually step into these spaces. Prophecy helps build us into a people who proclaim the presence of God through our lives to the lives of others. Now, churches of Christ, communi- um, yeah, churches of Christ communities, so churches like us, We acknowledge that we are a prophetic community when we speak of ourselves as a spirit-led movement. You know, um, I think we've we've mentioned this before, but Churches of Christ kind of, even though we are a denomination, because we kind of have to have to fit into all the the rules of that sort of stuff, we don't really like calling ourselves a denomination. We prefer to say we're a spirit-led movement, okay? Because that reminds us what the church is kind of ultimately about, that it's not about just organising ourselves in a particular way, but it's about listening and responding and obeying what God is doing in and through us. And that might mean shifting and moving and changing what we do each, each week or what we do with our lives. So the idea is that we shouldn't get settled into routines and traditions, which is what denominations generally kind of steer us towards, that we might lose sight of what God is doing and where God is leading. So prophecy is what keeps us alert to God's presence together, always asking God, what do you have for us? Noticing each other and encouraging how God is at work in each person. So I want to encourage us today to put the language of being a spirit-led movement 
front and centre in our, in our community. Um, we're a spirit-led movement. Let's not only use that language when we're talking about vision and big picture directions because sometimes we just talk about that when we think, oh, no, where are we going as a church? Um, oh, let's, let's use spirit-led movement language for those big picture things. Let's also ask, um, ask God, God's spirit for the smaller questions like, you know, spirit, how can I encourage the person sitting next to me today? Um, spirit, show me how much God loves this person that I'm really struggling to get along with. Um, I, I want to be able to show them your love. You know, those sorts of questions, that's where the Spirit's leading us to, not just, you know, strategic decisions about whether we should, you know, buy a building or, or um, you know, employ this person or that person and those sorts of things. A church that denies or suppresses the Holy Spirit and his presence is simply not able to really be the church because we're not able to express what God is doing um, through us. This is absolutely vital, I think, in our age because I'm sure you've all noticed in our day and age, more and more, we live in a show-and-tell world, okay? A world where people, they want to see for themselves. Um, They want to see God at work and experience his love and transformation for themselves. So we can't just kind of bring someone in and say, let me explain God to you, okay? Um, Read this book, great, you're, you're there. Um, people in our day, they, they're yearning for real connection and real transformation. And I think when we are a prophetic community, um, people see God at work and it's actually more tangible for people. It doesn't just come across like a system of belief. Have you ever received a word of encouragement, an act of love or a call to action from someone that's really impacted you like it came from God himself? Have you ever had that experience in your life? Just give you a minute just to, or just a moment just to think, has, has that happened? Um, someone might say something that really lifts your spirit, gives you a new perspective, helps you past maybe a stuck place that you're in, opens up a new avenue for you. We all need encouragement that we can trust the way of Jesus and put our hope in God. And when we're in those sort of stuck places and we get worn down, we need reminding that God will lead us through to new life. You know, God's going to bring forgiveness. God's going to bring reconciliation. God can overcome personal sin, even generational family problems. And so, and so we, we get encouraged and we get, you know, just keep going, keep going. Let's see God at work. Um, I'm just going to share a couple of stories from my own life. Um, that, that I'd say are words that were given to me that have really, really sort of changed um, my direction. I remember when I first got a job as a teacher, um, I had a lot of get up and go, a lot of, um, you know, enthusiasm. But I, I also, because it, it was such a hard task being a teacher, seriously, um, and I, I also kind of had this crippling sense of inadequacy. Like I just thought, I'm not sure if I really have what it takes um, and so there was so much to learn and so it felt like I wasn't naturally good at certain things and it was really um, sort of bringing me down. And one day um, a teacher came up to me and said that he'd been talking with some of my homeroom students and that they were talking about me. And he just commented about 
their warmth towards me and their strong sense that I really cared for them. Um, and that really kind of hit him. And, and so he took the time to, to come and to talk to me and just to say a word of encouragement into my life about my teaching. Perhaps he could see that I was stressed out, <laughs> tired and, and not feeling like I was doing that well. And he even said to me that he wanted to learn from, from my approach. And I was just so encouraged. And it gave me uh, like just this sense of confidence um, that, that I needed at that time to continue, to continue teaching. It really spurred me on to push me through, um, through the discouragement that I was feeling at the time. So to me, that was an example of, of, someone, like of, of someone really speaking God's word into my life. Um, around the same time, I also found myself involved in a church plant. So, you know, the beginning of a new church. Um, and I was one of the key leaders, which was a voluntary role. Okay, so, um, but it also became a, really a significant thing for me in my life um, as the church grew. And eventually what I did was I found a four-day teaching job. And then I also kind of, it meant I had a bit more time to, to be doing this voluntary leader of a church job. Um, and um, once I had found that kind of balance, I did what I could to keep it, and it was it was actually really fulfilling for me to be a teacher. But then I had this other role as church leader that I also really enjoyed. Um, and you know, sometimes you can be in a good place, and then all you're doing is thinking about how to stay in that good place. But then then a friend came to me, and um, he he said. He just encouraged me about my, my leadership and suggested that God may have a new calling on me that, that would stretch me further. Um, sometimes it's when you're taken out of your comfort zone that God can really bring you into the fullness of all that he's called you to do. And, and it was that one conversation with that guy that sort of gave me like, a new sort of all of a sudden I had these new ideas that I just never would have been thinking because I was so set on keeping everything as it was and um and then and and also this kind of encouragement that hey maybe God's got something new for you and um and it was through through really that conversation that I that I ended up moving on from teaching and and going into full-time ministry and came here so you, you should go and thank my friend Wall, because he's the guy who, who, who sort of was a key point. One last little story. Recently, when I heard that I'd be finishing up at Northern and, um, and I, I, I sort of, you know, going through all that change and was also um, starting to look at, at the task of, oh, you know, well, what's next? How do, um, is there a new position for me somewhere? And, it, you know, there's that kind of feeling of like, oh, this is just a daunting task. And, um, and that's how I felt. And, um, and a close friend spoke to me and actually gave me a Bible verse. And the verse was from Isaiah 66, which speaks about a new birth. But the new birth, um, it, it just, like, before there's any pain, the baby's there, right? It's, it's like new birth, but no pain. <laughs> and and it, it sort of, I mean, not that it had to be like that, but for me it was... It sort of felt like, um, like maybe God was saying, just don't, you know, don't worry about the daunting, don't feel daunted, just go, go in and I've got something for you. 
And sure enough, like I, it, was, it was really surprising and amazing how quickly I was able to find another position, um, which, I'm, which I'm now sort of half in. And so I took courage that God was encouraging me that his, um, his will, um, sorry, that this will not be as daunting an undertaking as I thought, and a reassurance that he's working to make things happen, and so I didn't need to worry. I really took heart from that verse um, and, and that was, that was a, a wonderful moment. So these, those are just a few ways that I've been strengthened by God through what I'd call in prophetic encouragements from others. Um, and it's wonderful how God can speak to us about any number of circumstances through the friends that love us, through people that love us, through our church. Um, and I, I wonder if you can think of similar stories in your life. So just to conclude now, um, I just want to say a couple of key sort of, I guess, principles about how to embrace prophecy. Okay, so if you're thinking, oh, Matt, you know, um, thanks for your message. It's been really cool, but it sort of sounds a bit new and I don't really get it that much. Hopefully, here's, here's a few ideas. So let's just, um, oh, they're, all, they're supposed to all come up one by one, but anyway, that's all right. These things happen. Um, so the first one is, well, let me just say first of all, so pr- remember that prophecy is conveying the heart of God to people. Um, it restores confidence and trust to everyone about who God really is. First thing is, every one of us in the church has the capacity to prophesy. Um, I reckon one of the key things to remember is this isn't a competition. It actually ruins um, ruins the prophetic spirit if there is competition. We're not here to breed prophetic superstars or anything like that. It's actually more about collaborating together to collectively grow in confidence um, that God is powerfully in our midst. So every one of us has the capacity to prophesy. Secondly, it starts first and foremost out of love for God. Okay, um, you, you can't have one without the other. You can't express the heart of God if you don't know God's love for yourself, right? Um, so don't think that prof- prophecy is a technique or a formula, something that you just have to read a book and you'll master it. Um, our, our love for God grows in us and we begin to see others more like the way God would see them. Um, we develop a bit of a burden in our hearts to share God's love with others. We desire to encourage and to bless people around us. It's certainly not to, about pointing out other people's shortcomings or um, aiming, you know, aiming to sort of, hey, in God's name, I can see all these faults in you. You know, um, we, we need to aim to leave someone better off, more at peace, more encouraged than when you found them. An example might be last week, Julie and Michelle got baptised. And um, God is clearly at work in their lives and, and it's wonderful to, to, to see them be baptised. Perhaps God puts on your heart a blessing for them. What's something that you could say to them? You could write them a card, um, you could give them a gift um, or even just a pat on the back and, and, and a well done. But something that you can do to, to encourage them and you want to say, oh God, what would you want me to say to them? And, and try and answer that question in a prayerful way. Thirdly, it's a summons to a life of sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. So um, people who who engage in prophecy become more and more sensitive to what what the Holy Spirit's saying to them. 
listen to those promptings and act on them. It sometimes means stepping out in faith, um, you know, paying attention to those spontaneous thoughts that light upon your mind and actually thinking, yeah, that person does look a little bit sad today. Um, God, what, what do you want me to say to them? And, you know, that sort of thing. Um, sensitivity to the Spirit forms in us a boldness to be able to share God's love for all to see. And lastly, I think we need to actually celebrate prophecy, celebrate that it's that, that the Holy Spirit is present with us and also allow people to try um, because sometimes there's this fear that we might get something wrong and so it's so scary that we just never, no one ever does it. Um, and, and I think um, like any, you know, like if... Um, my daughter Tessa, she's been learning dancing and, um, and it's, it's called jazz acro. Okay, So a bit of jazz but it's sort of a bit acrobatic as well. And, and it's, it's amazing how long it takes for your body to really get a technique. You know, like So if you're wanting to do a cartwheel, Tessa could come out and give you a really good one. Me, not so much. I, I'm not sure if I'd even make it back over onto my feet. Um, but so, but if, I, if we develop things and, you know, ah, hey, thanks for trying with that encouragement. Didn't actually really work that well. But let's try and sort of, you know, allow each other to to make some mistakes even um, without shutting things down. It means that we can gradually get coordinated um, with this whole thing of prophecy. So um, thanks for for listening and for engaging in that. And I I really hope that this is something that doesn't just get put in our back pockets. Um, what we're going to do now is spend a, um, a little bit of time. There's going to be some music playing and um, there's a couple of questions which don't feel you have to answer them all, but um, on your response cards, um, we th- these are questions that just can kind of get you going because um, we encourage you to be able to write something about what, what's God been saying to you today um, through the message or through um, through other parts of the service. So the questions are, what testimony do I have about God's activity in my life that I can share with others as a way of prophesying? You know, what, what's something that I can say that's happened in my life? Um, and that's a good way of, sometimes the best way to, to prophesy is just to, to share with others about what God's done in you. What, um, who can I prophesy to today with a word of encouragement? Is there someone here that you would like to encourage? How can I press closer into God's heart so I can better express his love towards others? So maybe today you're feeling like, yeah, you know what, I'm really out of touch with God and um, what, what, what are some things I can do to sort of try and draw near to him? Those are a few questions. Um, I encourage you now to, to spend some time in response. Thank you.